0: You're listening to Karukeramon Evie, Karukeramon, the English version. This podcast talks about the representation of the Caribbean in cinema and television. You can check out my website karukeramon.com for more info. I'm your host, Patra M, and this is episode 3. i hope you guys had a fabulous week so today we're talking about the short movie no Soka, no life it's time for the yikiki crack. Yekik Yekak is the segment in which I present you the plot. No Soka No Life is a short movie from Trinidad and Tobago. You can stream it on studio and on CTV. It was directed by Kevin Adams and was released in 2012. Back then, Kevin Adams had already announced that this was a prequel to a full-length movie that would be titled Queen of Soka. I came across this movie randomly. After watching Rain, I wanted to watch another movie with a teenage girl being the lead character and the title caught my attention as I was browsing through Studio Nancy's catalogue. This was toward the end of February 2019. This movie is only like 35 minutes long but I enjoyed it so much that I watched it like three times in a row and I was like yeah it's so cool cool and and i tried to find info about the follow-up movie but i came up with nothing so i looked up kevin adams on social media and i found his his instagram page so i dm'd him and i was pretty sure that he would ignore me okay and he didn't he replied and he told me that they were actually about to start filming and the movie would be released sometime around uh, the middle of the year and I mean can you believe the coincidence anyway the movie did premiere this year 2019. It was at the Carifesta 2019 in Trinidad and Tobago. So before you get the chance to watch the movie, you definitely need to watch the prequel No No Life. Here's the plot. No No Life tells the story of Olivia, a teenage girl from an impoverished community with a fabulous singing voice, honed in the church choir. When she decides to use her voice to sing soka, However, Olivia must face many hurdles, not least of all a stiff opposition from her mother. Okay, so I don't think it's too spoilerish to say that this prequel ends with Olivia hitting the first milestone of her career when she hears her song on the radio for the very first time. So, I'm not a fan of (sighs) soccer. I know. (laughs) I mean... Back when I was in Guadeloupe, I'd listen to Soca when I was at the club or at a party, but it's not like I knew the title of the songs or the name of the artist, except for the most famous ones. To me, Soca was carnival music. I didn't think about what it could represent for the culture. And this year, I don't know what happened on Twitter, but and even on Instagram, because I follow the big Caribbean accounts, but I think it's the first time that I saw these accounts um, repost. Maybe it's just me, I don't know, but it was my first time reading reactions from non-French Caribbean people complimenting the carnival of Guadeloupe. I feel like nine. 50% of the time Guadeloupe and Martinique are not considered to be Caribbean and they're usually left to they're usually left to the side. But I feel like there's a shift since the Carnival season of 2019. Anyway, I think me coming across this movie during Carnival this year was the perfect timing to make me appreciate Soca as a form of art. No kind of Life got me thinking about how Caribbean pop music can play a role to define our identity and this is what we'll talk about next. The Caribbean Connection segment is to discuss how a movie makes me reflect on my identity as a black woman, as an Afro-Caribbean woman and where I stand in this world. Let me start by saying that From the Rags to Riches musical storyline is like my favorite cliche of all time. Growing up, fame was my favorite show ever. I watched all seasons and the rebrands in the 90s. I watched the special live shows too. I even watched the spin-off Fame LA. Although I didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah, I really, really love Fame. I still listen to the movie soundtrack. I still own the DVD. I just love it. It's my favorite show. And growing up, There was another show, it was a Spanish show called Un Paso Adelante. It ran from 2002 to 2005. It was a huge success in Europe. Basically, it was fame, except the characters, well, they were in Spain and they spoke Spanish. And there was no main black characters. Well, technically... There were two recurring black characters, starting from season 2 or season 3, I I don't know exactly. One was portrayed by Edu del Prado, rest in peace, and the other one was played by Yotuel Romero, who is Cuban and is a member of rap group Orishas. His character was a Cuban refugee, so hello. Cliché. Anyway, I don't remember a black woman having a significant role in this TV show and just in general Once again, I have to look at the US industry to get examples of black female characters That would feel this kind of I want to become a star storyline. So when I was going through my memories I don't quite remember a TV show centered around a young black girl um i mean a musical kind of show i can come up with some movies like dream girls or sparkle or the movie beyond the lights with gugu and batharo i remember there was this i think it was in on nickelodeon it was uh, the show taina but her best friend renee wanted to be a comedian but I think she was a singer too but she was not the lead and so yeah except for Coco in Fame I don't remember oh there was the Cheetah Girls but it was a Disney Channel movie so it was not a TV show anyway you guys let me know in the comments if you have any if you know any significant musical movie or TV show with this kind of storyline led by a black female character. So with No Soka no life you get this classic trope, except it's with a young Caribbean woman. And what makes the story so Caribbean is how the movie establishes Soka as a music genre worth to fight for. Olivia is an ordinary girl. She's composed, she's quiet, I mean she's everything you expect Soka not to be, and yet Soka still helps her to define who she is. And technically, Olivia starts singing Soka because she needs money to help to help out her mom. I won't tell you why she needs uh, why she needs to help her mom, but let's just say as usual, Caribbean men are represented in a negative way. Anyway, sukkah may be seen only as carnival music, music to have fun, music to, you know, just pick up something or to call somebody's mother, if you know what I mean. But it doesn't mean the creative process behind it doesn't require discipline, hard work, blood, sweat and tears. And it's this side of sukkah that Olivia shows us. As she's getting more and more comfortable with singing Soka, we see her grow. Soka gives her a sense of clear structure that no one, not even her mom, can shake. Soka gives Olivia this opportunity to be heard, to make her voice heard. And the fact that this character is portrayed by Terry Lyons makes it even more meaningful. First of all, she's a dark-skinned woman, and I really, really like how there's no colorism in the movie. The actresses show different shades of black, but their skin color is never used to create some useless beauty hierarchy or competition. Olivia even has a love interest, and I mean, it's brief but it's there, and her quote-unquote boyfriend um, likes her for her, it's not about what she can do for him, it's not about what she's willing to give up for him, the love he shows for her, I mean, it's, this scene, because uh, the boyfriend only appears like, two scenes, and it's enough to see that the love he has for her is real, although it's not really the kind of boyfriend she should go for. I'm going to spoil it for you, but yeah, I think it's nice to show that their relationship is about her and not about him. So, her physical attractiveness... Relies just on her and her personality. I don't know how things are in other islands, but colorism is still a big deal in Guadeloupe and Martinique, especially when it comes to representation. And I really put the blame on the influence of what's going on in the in the U.S. and in France. Um, If you watch the lead girls in music videos, you. Okay, I will not get into this debate today. I need to stay focused. No Sookka, no life, no colorism. Just great for Caribbean representation and for Black representation in general. Having Terry Lyons play the lead character, he's is important for the culture. Well, if you don't know, Terry Lyons is first and foremost a Calypso soccer singer. She is also part of a soccer legacy. Her father is super blue. Who is a living soccer legend. Her older sister Faye ann Lyons is also a soccer singer and has won several times the carnival world march. Faye ann Lyons is married to Bungie Garlin who is also a big name in the soccer industry. So Daryl Lyons playing the lead character of a young woman who goes by the motto no soca no life gives this movie another T player in terms of Cultural representation There aren't many women in the soccer industry so making a woman take the lead of a movie about soka highlights the fact that soka is also about women empowerment so maybe the full-length movie will tone down this girl power aspect that I see but No Soka Life really doesn't with Olivia it's truly about the music and the struggle to create songs and the passion you need to have for it it isn't about the marketing aspect the business aspect it's about soca as a form of art it's about soca being deeply rooted in caribbean culture and being a way for us to affirm our caribbean identity and this is what we'll talk about next it's time for another caribbean connection I want to start by making a confession. Yes, another one. Honestly, I grew up without knowing Soca was born in Trinidad and Tobago. I mean, there was no internet in the early nineties. There was no YouTube. So we relied only on the radio and on TV to get info about the trendy songs you'd hear in the club and in weddings and in parties in Guadeloupe we listen to everything most of the radio stations still have their reggae hour their compa hour and sunday afternoons it's all about merengue and salsa and a bit of membo as well as our old-school music the from the 80s the bolero songs from the 60s Anyway, back to my confession. I've heard soca my entire life. I knew soca artists from Trinidad and Tobago like Marshall Montano. But really, the biggest hits I remember growing up were from Caribbean artists who were not from Trinidad and Tobago. Like Charles D. Lewis, back in 1990, he had a song called Soca Dance. And it was a summer hit in France and in Europe, and is actually from Barbados. There's also the Queen of Soka, Alison Hines, and her Roll Girl, Roll Girl. And yeah, she's from Barbados too. There's also Kevin Little and his song Turn Me On that took Europe by storm in 2004. Kevin Little is from St. Vincent. And just this year in 2019, Mr. Killer and his song Run With It were everywhere during the carnival during the first semester of 2019. And Mr. Killer even won the International Soccer Monarch with his song, and it was the first time uh, an artist from Grenada won this title. So what I'm trying to say here is that soccer has been a part of our lives for so long that artists from other Caribbean islands can now produce big soccer hits. So yeah, no soccer no life can inspire any Caribbean girl. And it reminds me of this novel that I read earlier this year. It's called Musical Youth by Joanne C. Hillhouse. It takes place in Antigua and Barbuda, and the main character, Zahara, is a quiet teenage girl who is a huge fan of Claudette Peters who is a soca singer from Antigua. Soka and this movie can inspire any young Caribbean girl, but more importantly, this movie tells the world that Soca is from Trinidad and Tobago. You see, many music genres were born in the Caribbean or were created by people from the Caribbean diaspora. And for some reason, it's harder for some genres to get international recognition until some white artists pick it up and act like they invented it. I mean, international pop culture knows that reggae is from Jamaica. It knows that salsa and mambo are from Cuba. Yet, other genres like dancehall and zook will really struggle to be known as Caribbean music. So I won't get into zouk because it's just another dynamic for Guadeloupe and Martinique. I'll just focus on Dancehall, which is now also known as Tropical House just because songs like Sorry by Justin Bieber and Shape of You by Ed Sheeran got very well known! And I mean, their music videos have billion views on YouTube when their songs are basically what any Jamaican dancehall artist can do I remember back in the early 2000s when Jamaican dancehall was everywhere on the US musical scene. Of course it started earlier in the previous decade with artists like Patra, Shaggy, Diana King, Shabarangs and because they crossed over and then you had Man and Sean Paul who took over from the mid 90s until 2004, 2005. And I just remember how much hype the music video of King of the Dance Hall by Man got played like twice an hour on BT. Same goes for Give Me the Light and Light. And like Glow by Sean Paul. You know, back in the day, I used to read B2K fan fictions. And you know, there was always the party chapter. And every time there was at least one Sean Paul song playing during the party. And you got the characters whining and having fun. And of course, let's not forget Elephant Man who got everybody doing the easy dance moves and in europe mr vegas and his song pull up was huge y'all remember in 2001 when save the last dance was released there was this first club scene and it was with i mean it opens with the song murder she wrote by shaka and the players and you see Kerry Washington whining with uh, with her ex-boyfriend. And, I mean, dancehall is part of American culture now. And yet, not that much Jamaican artists get the recognition that the music genre should have created by now. Because it's been like 30 years now. So around 2005, 2006... Reggaeton took over and it's like no one cared about dancehall anymore, until some DJs used some dancehall beats and mixed it all up and called it Tropical House. So white artists could release dancehall songs. And I'd be fine with it if Caribbean dancehall artists got the same recognition and opportunities and if they were also at the top of the charts. But That's not the case and right now teenagers all around the world get introduced to themselves through this mainstream white artist like Major Lazer and they don't know, they don't get to know the music through those who help keeping the genre alive. They don't get to know the history, they don't get to know those who are writing this history. That's why Rihanna's performance at the VMAs in 2016 is so important for Caribbean culture because in four minutes, she she told the world that yes, she is one of the biggest pop stars right now, but she never forgets that she's from the Caribbean. No other Caribbean artist has the platform that she has right now. And even if this album gets released five years or ten years from now it really doesn't matter why because at the end of the day Rihanna got people talking about this album this Caribbean album for years now so she got people looking up for our culture one way or another and that's why we love Rihanna so I used saw like As an example of how the international pop culture can quickly whitewash or even erase Caribbean roots. And like I said earlier, it's not just dancehall. The Caribbean roots of Zouk are also ignored in France and in Europe. A couple of months ago, French DJ Hervé Pages released the single Spicy featuring Diplo and Charlie XCX. The media play around it was all about how the song is based on a sample of the song Wannabe by Spice Girls, a famous British girl band from the 90s. There's actually a second sample used in Spicy. The melody played by the guitar is from the song Vinidou by Victor O, who is a singer from Martinique. The composer, Joël Jacoulet, is mentioned absolutely nowhere in the media play about spicy to the point that many people thought Hervé Pagès and Diplo plagiarized Vindou, although Joël Jacoulet was indeed contacted beforehand and he gave them the green light to use his melody. And yet, no article talked about it. Anyway, my whole point here is to say that no Soca No Life is about celebrating the artistic creativity in the Caribbean from our Caribbean point of view. Soca can definitely become the next big music trend if our carnivals keep getting hyped up by US artists and European artists. That's why it's even more important to remind people that Soca is from Trinidad and Tobago. I don't know if Queen of Soca will keep going with this Caribbean culture celebration narrative, but No Soca No Life is already a solid way to introduce Soca to the international mainstream audience. No Soca No Life is about being proud of our Caribbean identity by taking back control of our narrative on the international scene. It's time for the final segment, Caribbean Soundtrack. The Caribbean Soundtrack segment is about sharing music that highlights Caribbean culture related to the overall theme of the episode. I present you three songs but if you're inspired by the movie or by the theme feel free to drop a comment or a song link on Twitter or IG. Today's theme is of course soca, but how this music promotes our Caribbean culture. Let's hope in my time machine, first stop is 1974 with the song Endless Vibrations by Lord Shorty, later known as Raz Shorty. He was among the Sokka pioneers, maybe even THE pioneer, because he's considered to be the father of Sokka. While doing research for this episode, I found out that Sokka was originally spelled "soka," S-O-K-A-H, to symbolize its purpose to bring together the community of African descendants and the community of Indian descendants living in Trinidad and Tobago. His song, Endless Rebellions" perfectly describes the carnival spirit that Soka carries as, quote-unquote, a new musical expression to ease today's frustration. is caribbean vibes a new musical expression to ease today's frustration move it come on groove it endlessly let me feel it come on people check out the scene Take a side, take a side, the music is me, can you dig it brother, Get got it all together, right on, right on. You know, I really wish we'd get more movies set in the Caribbean in the 60s and in the 70s. It's a discussion I often have with a friend of mine about how frustrating it is to not have visual representation of this era for us. Like, I know what the music, what the fashion from this era were in the United States, in France. Even in Korea, because I'm into Korean culture and Korean pop culture promotes Korea's old and recent history. So I know of that. When you tell me Korea in 1960, I I have images in my mind. But when you tell me the Caribbean in the 60s, I, they're just nothing. I, I wonder how my grandparents live. I wonder about... What kind of music they used to listen to, how they used to party, how their daily lives were. These are things I have no visual representation of. And it's. anyway. Moving on to our next stop. We're in 1997 with the song Ay 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 by the group Square One. This group was from Barbados and their main singer, I think, I think she was, the main singer was Alison Hines, the Queen of Soca. This song is everything to me. The lyrics are very easy to understand, especially for people learning English like I was back when the song was released. This song taught me what whining was it also made me very proud to hear the shout out my island got because already back then I always had the impression I always had the impression that Guadeloupe was was in the Caribbean but not considered to be Caribbean you here in the song. I was debating if I should use the um, this version made by Square One or by Byron Lee and the Dragonairs. This group was also very famous uh, it was created in in 1950 I think and they also sing this song so I don't know who sang the original I tried to google it but Couldn't come up with a definitive answer, so maybe if you know, let me know. But yeah, uh, I decided to keep the Alison Hines version because it's Alison Hines. (laughs) And last but not least, we are now in 2019, well 2018-2019, with a collab between Marshall Montano, aka Mr. Fett, and Jacob Devarieux from Cassav. Dorsey is meaningful to me because obviously it's a collab between two big artists from two different islands and they both dedicated their art to the culture. It's meaningful to me because the lyrics are in Creole, in English and in French. Michel Montano's French is so cute. And he's full of energy. I saw him back in May during um, Kessab's 40th anniversary concert and he performed during the first um, segment of the night and he was all by himself but really he was on fire. Anyway, so back to the song "Danse." "Danse" was actually on the soundtrack of a, of a French movie called All Inclusive and it was released, uh, I think, by the end of twenty eighteen. Maybe early twenty nineteen. It was not long ago. So the story takes place in Guadeloupe. And this movie is just full of negative cliches about Guadeloupe. If you watch the trailer you you just see white people, white people in, French people, French people in, I just I don't know. I I just don't get why this kind of movie are still made in 2019 and why other i mean it's not the fact that it's still made it's the fact that we don't get to see another kind of movie being made anyway don't say to me is a good song and i don't want my i don't want it to be associated to this movie because because to me don't say is a real musical and cultural symbol. It's a cute song. That's why I put it on my Caribbean soundtrack and I just want to take back control of the narrative here. And on that note, this is the end of episode 3. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at caroqueramont. Don't hesitate to share your thoughts about the episode. You can also check out my website caroqueramont.com where you can find all the info about the movie. See you next week. Tchambered!